computer. Mm. Fantastic. Okay, welcome everyone to Stop Over Drinking call um, for March 2022. Just spotlight me so we can have that for the um, recording. Okay, so today, plan for today. So this is the first call I've done on this for a while. Um, and really, um, plan for today is, first of all, so because we've had a heap of new people join, I'm going to just recap on, so for those of you that have been with me for a while, we're going to be covering some, um, recovering some old ground um, just to bring everyone up to speed in this call. So, um, so plan for today is, First of all, I'm going to share like my story with alcohol, just so that you can see exactly where I've come from. Um, and then we're going to talk about like how to change your relationship with alcohol slash sugar slash any substance that you find kind of addictive. Um, and then we're going to talk through like our four-step process and how we actually apply this to alcohol. Um, and then we've, I've got some exercises to do as well to kind of help get you started on this, on this journey. Um, so let's dive in with the deep and dirty, dark past <laughs> of my history with alcohol. So I did a podcast episode. This is actually, I think it was like episode number three or four, the very beginning of when I started um, the Joyful, my public podcast. But in that, shared a lot of a lot of my history with alcohol but I didn't go the all the, all the deep dark secrets um basically because there's like so much shame there and um but I wanted to and I wanted to share with you exactly like come clean share exactly like my history with alcohol um not because I particularly like thinking about it too much and bringing up this shame although it is a good practice at feeling shame um, and feeling negative emotion, but just because wherever you're at with your, um, you know, whether it's sugar, whether it's alcohol, um, I think I'll just, I'll just, from now on, I'll just say alcohol, but if you're listening to this from a sugar perspective, just know that it's sugar, it applies to sugar as well. Um, but yeah, like wherever you're at with your alcohol journey, I just want you to know that, you know, I've been in some bad places with it and there's some very things that I regret so much, from my drinking and the reason I'm sharing this isn't because we want to have a pity party for tools and wallow in this like quagmire of shame but just because I, I don't want you to to think oh you know it was easier for Jules because I don't want your brain to be going to this place of oh well you know it was okay for Jules because you know she wasn't she wasn't as bad as me like she didn't have as much of a problem as me so therefore using that as a reason why this isn't going to work for you so like this is like my relationship with alcohol is very troubled and it's caused a lot of shame and a lot of bad things in my life so we'll go cut, cut straight to the heart of it and the th and the reason I'm telling you this is because if I can change my relationship with alcohol to being like you know having a big big problem to becoming someone who can like you know I had I haven't had anything to drink in the last 10 days kind of thing and that's just my choice like I didn't that's no dramas um you know like being able to take it or leave it around alcohol like if I can do this you can do it as well 
and it, it really is possible. And it, I think it's really fascinating because there aren't many role models out there in the world that have, there are people that have a healthy relationship with alcohol, but they tend to be the people that have never struggled with it ever. Like some people, like my two of my sisters are like this, like they, they drink occasionally, like, but it's not this big thing for them, um, which I, th- I just find fascinating. Whereas me and my brother are like total booze hounds. Um, so that but yeah there aren't many role models where because there's people who of course who've like had a problem with alcohol and then quit drinking um there's loads of those and you know have lived long and happy lives because of their decision to quit drinking but there are many people that have had a problem with alcohol and been able to change their relationship with alcohol so that they still drink on occasion or as much as they like in a way that feels good to them and so I am so proud of myself for doing this work. I'm so proud of the journey that I've been on. And I just am really like wherever you, you're at, just know that it's possible for you to get there as well. And all it takes is just being prepared to do the work, to keep like it's going to be a journey. It's going to take work. Um, you're going to fail. You're going to be like that kid learning to walk and you're going to be falling over a lot, but you will get there. And like this is the way that you get there. So let's just, I'm, I'm talking so I can avoid talking about my shameful past. <laughs> Interesting, Jules, onto me. Um, yeah, so I guess like, we'll just dive in straight to the shame. So I'll just go through my list. So um, yeah, like I was married, I got married in my first marriage was in my early early 30s or yeah just when I turned 30 and I ended up that marriage only lasted for 18 months ended up like I cheated on my husband and we ended up getting divorced um and of course it was more than just alcohol that did that but me drinking like definitely led to that that behavior if I had been sober I wouldn't have made those choices um so I'm not I'm taking responsibility for that but you know those actions that I took I like they were fueled by alcohol and so that's that was not fun and you know I ended up being in a month like in a I'm so I'm grateful that I went through that journey and that that happened because I love my life and where I am now and that wouldn't be I wouldn't be here now if I hadn't gone through that however yeah like that was definitely fueled by alcohol um so when I was when I was winemaking I actually got sacked from my job um so I was assistant winemaker at this amazing winery in the Barossa tour break they were like I loved it so much that job and it was like they were doing really interesting stuff really small batches really beautiful quality like using kind of more French winemaking techniques I love that job and I got the uh, they, they sacked me because I was driving my ute home from the pub um and I'd actually was out with work work colleagues they knew I was out and um so I crashed it and nearly killed myself, but fortunately didn't kill myself or anyone else. Um, but they like said, no, sorry, Jules, see you later. Um, so that was pretty devastating. And then I, of course, lied about being drunk when I was driving that huge. Um, and at the time, because I just couldn't take responsibility for it and thought of having to pay for the insurance, like for that, it was like freaked me out. Um, but I ended up like, you know, the insurance company t- came up came after me um like a year later so I did end up paying that off and coming clean on that but you know I was lying and I lost my job it was just like a really bad thing um 
And then the other like piece of the puzzle of me with alcohol was, um, yeah, like when we were trying to conceive, like Finbar second, second, I actually, we were going to Ireland just before we got on the plane, like I had some spotting. So I thought like, oh, we wasn't pregnant. I was really devastated. So of course, boost on the plane. <laughs> um, and then my period didn't actually come. And I was like, hang on, I did a pregnancy test and I was actually pregnant. And I was like, oh my God. So that was, um, that was not great, but so far he seems he's okay. <laughs> he's six now and he's started school. So, um, but yeah, as you can imagine, that was excruciating thinking, like, what have I done to this, you know, baby that I've been trying so hard to conceive. So all that to say, yes, alcohol and me have had a really checkered past. Um, so let's move on because, um, yeah, like I've done these, all these things and I've been able to change. So you can change too. It really is possible. And it probably took me two years to really get on top of this. Like from when I made that, made a decision that actually um, we were, we had, it was my mom's 10th anniversary of my mom's death. And we'd like all my sisters and brother and like my dad, we'd all, we'd rented this house in, dad had rented this house in Barrel. So we went for like a weekend away and we were there with our children and stuff. And just on the Friday night, I got really hammered, like, like completely, like utterly like legless. And then just woke up the next morning with the worst hangover. I hadn't actually do anything that night that was, that I remember that was really embarrassing, but just the fact that I was there with my family and I was just like, no, this has to end. Like it was just like, there was no reason for it. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to find a way to figure it out. And I just made that decision on that weekend um, on that when I had was very hungover on that Saturday and I had the whole weekend still to go with my family. I was like, no, I'm going to change. And it probably took me two years, but I kept at it and I, and I actually, it, I didn't have the coaching tools that I have now. This is like kind of before I'd really discovered coaching. Um, so I think I'm sure now if I had made that decision, I would now knowing what I know now in terms of coaching and thoughts and actions and feelings and how that all works and our self-concept, I'd be able to change a lot more quickly. But, you know, I got there and you can get there too. So it's not necessarily going to take you two, two years to get to a good place with alcohol or sugar. Um, but just, you know, it, it will take some energy, but you have coaching tools and you have me as your coach to help you get there. So, so that's kind of the good news. So now let's talk about, um, yeah, thank you, Stephanie. I really appreciate you saying that. Stephanie's just said in the chat that you're so much more relatable for, for me now. Thank you for sharing. So good, because it doesn't feel great to revisit all that. Stephanie so I'm glad it's it's helpful um it's interesting like the shame is still there like even though that I have changed and I have that that healthy relationship with alcohol now that I have wanted so desperately like the the shame is still really real like I feel feel it feel it um so it's a good opportunity for me to practice feeling feeling that negative emotion um yeah so let's talk about how we want to change so there's four steps to doing this and I'll just go through what they are top level and then we'll go through each one in more detail. So the first step is to like commit to change. So it's just making that decision that you are going to change no matter what. The second step is applying PRED. So applying the like 
our like just we prep like from the naturally healthy club applying those principles to your drinking or to your sugar um the third and i'll go into more details of that soon the third is like really learning to befriend your urges and urges are a huge part of like addiction and when you're able to and I, so I actually had like in the Naturally Healthy Club, I don't feel like that we need to have a separate lesson on it or a separate step focused on urges, although that is a helpful part of it. But I think with alcohol and sugar and these things that stimulate our brains in that way, getting good with, with urges is imperative. Like that makes it really, um, to, to be successful with it, you have to get good at allowing urges to be that without resisting them but and without giving into them so i'll explain more about that soon and then the fourth step to change when and again this isn't they they're not like in any particular i guess the commit to change is is the first one but they don't these other ones don't have to be in any particular order um so the fourth one is evolving your self-concept so we want to be starting this work now and it's the same as the naturally healthy club in terms of your weight and your relationship with food we want to be actually changing the way you see yourself so I no longer see myself as someone who has a problem with alcohol I do refer myself to myself as a former winemaker um, and I do know like I do own that as part of my past however I now see myself as someone who has a healthy relationship with alcohol and I feel really solid in that, that that's how I am now. Um, and it's been such a long time since I've done anything to prove that otherwise, that I feel really good about that, that my self-concept has really changed. And it's interesting because this weekend I'm going to Melbourne for the weekend for like this trip I had actually planned like two years ago and I had to cancel it because of COVID. So like two years later, I'm finally getting my Melbourne trip and one of my best friends lives in Melbourne. She was my bridesmaid, one of my bridesmaids. And she's one of my drinking buddies. Like my Irishman was another one, but she was like, you know, we went to university together. We've known each other for 30 years. And I've probably drank, had the most to drink with, with Mel of all the people. And the fact that I'm going to Melbourne, I'm going up, we're going out for a boozy lunch, but I feel good about that. Like I know that I'm not going to do I'm not going to go crazy like that. I'm going to be able to enjoy it. I'm going to be able to have some wine. I'm going to get a bit of a buzz. And I'm also going to feel good on Sunday morning when I get up. Like that feels amazing to know that I can have that balance where I'm going to be doing that and also being able to pull it up stops is so fun. But I know that like this is part of my self-concept. Um, and the other cool thing is like, so say I'm wrong and I do end up going mental and I do end up having a big hangover on Sunday. Like I also know that I'm going to be kind to myself and I'm not going to use that as a reason to, to go back to my old ways. So either way, whatever happens this weekend, I feel really comfortable that it's going to be fine. And yeah, I guess next time we chat, I'll be able to fill you guys in on how I, how I went on my Melbourne weekend. So it's going to be a really big test. Um, so yeah, that's, that's evolving your self-concept. Okay, so that's us how we change. Commit to change, we apply Pratt, we befriend our urges and we evolve our self-concept. So let's talk about like committing to change. And this is really the, the short one. It's also the hard one. And often it requires, uh, you know, a difficult situation to make that decision. Um, 
however when you're ready to change just know that like it is it's like the way to get started is as simple as you deciding that you're going no matter how long it takes no matter how many times you fail that you are going to change become the person that you want to be around sugar or around alcohol and no I'm going to see if this will work no it might work I hope this works none of this like hoping wishing praying like that's not going to cut it you have to be committed and yeah I'm going to the thought behind this is I'm going to make this work no matter what so if you aren't at a place yet where you're ready to commit to that change then I recommend just leaving this work and focusing on the food stuff um, and coming back to it whenever you do feel ready to make that decision. Because if you aren't 100% committed to doing the work, then you're not, it's going to be very difficult um, to get there. And like when the going gets tough, you're going to give in and that's just going to waste, it's going to be a waste of time. So, um, so how's everyone feeling about that? Like, do you feel like, let's go into gallery so I can see who's here. Um, oh, hey, Lisa good to see you um yeah like is, is everyone feeling like they're they're ready to make a change or is committing like not something that you're ready to do now there's no right or wrong there like how like how just type in the chat and let me know where you're at with it Okay, Jane, awesome. Good for you going first. Yeah. Anyone else ready to make a change? And that's okay if you're not, then that's cool too. Like you don't, you don't have to. But just just you know, just have this in the back of your mind that until you're ready to to commit to change, that that it's probably it's not worth your while attending these classes. Like just leave these bonuses for when you are ready to do that work. Um, yeah okay that's and that's good Stephanie like I'm very unsure like um, yeah Lisa's saying work in progress Lisa you've already committed to change so like you don't have to know how you're going to get there to be committed to change and um, yeah and that's okay Stephanie to be feeling unsure and Nancy's saying, not sure when I understand what the work is about. Um, Aideen's saying, yes, I don't want to be controlled by sugar. Um, yeah, cool, cool. So, yeah, like let's go through this, this practice. And, yeah, I guess like I guess Nancy probably and anyone else that's in that unsure phase, the reason you're unsure is because you don't know if you can do it. So you don't want to commit to something before you have that certainty. And the thing is that you're not ever going to know that you can do it until you do it. Like there's a great Picasso quote. Um, Laura's saying driving the community. Laura, please do not, do not type. Um, there's a great Picasso quote of like, I'm always doing things I've never done. That's how I get to do them. So, so, so deciding, like, so it's, you don't know how it's going to happen and you don't know the journey that you're going to go on. Um, and you, you won't know what that feels like until you do it, right? And so there's going to always be this uncertainty. But what you want to be deciding 
based on using a decision to whether you don't want to decide whether you're going to commit to something based on whether you think you can do it or not you want to decide to commit to something based on whether it's what you really want so if you really want to not be controlled by sugar 18 like that's i love that that's like really clear um yeah liz is saying i'm i'm ready I, sugar cravings have a huge control over me and i don't like that feeling yeah like and so um stephanie like you like drinking also ruined my first marriage you think about that like like the thing is for all of you i guess i haven't explained this part is that I'm not going to ask you to stop drinking. I'm not going to ask you to stop having sugar ever. And this meth, this approach is big, is really, that's a very important distinction. We're not going to quit any sugar. We're not quitting anything. We're going to find this healthy balance. So just have a think about that. Don't have to commit now, but just, just also know that like, it's just take that decision and when you're ready, ready to decide, go for it. Okay. So that's step one, commit to change. Some of you are there, some of you aren't, and that's okay. Um, and then we want to apply our prep, prep principles to, um, to this work. And so it fits in nicely with the work that you're doing around food. So you'll, you'll notice by heart now, but Pret. So we want to have our daily practice and our daily planning. And the planning piece is so key for, um, for sugar and alcohol. And the reason that is because like these are highly addictive substances, right? And they change the way your brain works. So with alcohol, you know, it's, it's changing your thought process. It, it's changing how like the speed at which the synapses, like it changes your brain chemistry. And same with sugar, like you're getting that dopamine hit and it's changing your brain. So the only way that I know of, there possibly is others, I, but I don't know of anyone else that has another way of being able to have these substances in your life in a way that's in balance in a way that feels good is to be 100% committed to planning ahead there's like and and we want to do it not from like the place of oh I can't be trusted so I have to plan ahead it's like no, this is just how it's like because when you plan ahead then you use your prefrontal cortex. So before you start eating and drink eating sugar, before you start drinking alcohol, your brain's in a very different state to when after you've had even just one drink. And so we want to plan ahead so that you're making decisions with the best part of your brain. So you're making decisions with your prefrontal cortex before it's had any alcohol to slow things down. And same with we want to be making our decisions around sugar with our prefrontal cortex before we've had that, um, before we've had that opportunity for the dopamine to start being released from having that donut, whatever it is. Um, so that this getting into the habit of planning in advance is really, really important. And so you want to have no exceptions, like before you start drinking, before you start eating sugar, you have to decide how much you're going to drink. So ideally, like including it in your daily practice where you're doing it like that morning or the day before is, is important. But if for some reason you haven't, so an opportunity comes up, because sometimes, you know, stuff comes up and you're like, 
out and or you know you finish work and someone's like oh let's go for a drink like that you hadn't planned on you get a spontaneous invitation so what you want to do in those circumstances or someone like offers you a cupcake in where you hadn't planned on there being any cupcakes what you want to do in those circumstances is decide how much you're going to have before you start before you have that first drink or before you taste the the cupcakes you don't go oh yeah I'm just going to have it and I'll figure it out later I'm going to decide later no you want to be 100% committed to going okay if I am going to have this how much am I having and being being really strict with yourself and this is like we're doing this from a place of love and because because by being really control being really strict with yourself that's how you are going to be able to find this balance between like not over 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 indulging so you're like so you, your colleagues come out and you're like okay i hadn't planned this but okay well, i'm, I'm going to go have a, i do want to go out with these guys i do want to have some wine like i'm going to have two drinks or maybe it's i'm going to have four drinks but and in the beginning i want you to plan you want it to be realistic so if you would normally go out and have six drinks plan six six drinks but you the first step is really to build this habit of planning and making that that cold decision to yourself before you start drinking or, or eating the cupcake so am i going to have one cupcake am i going to have two am i going to have five if you normally have your bag of cookies if you normally eat the whole bag plan the whole bag but just get into the habit of planning first so you, it's really important that it's realistic because we want to say we want we want to get you into this habit of planning first so that down the track you can adjust the amounts and fine-tune those but we want to make it realistic so we want to set yourself up for success and there's a couple of ways you can do this so you can either decide on a case-by-case -case basis or on a day-by-day -day basis or you can just have a like a blanket rule of you know maybe it's like I don't drink during the week and I only drink on Friday Saturday Sunday or maybe it's I um you know I only drink when I go out like out of I only drink when I'm out I don't drink at home by myself so you can have blanket rules like that like blanket planning where you have a you, you have a personal rule around it but it's up to you to find what that is so for me pretty much my rule is that I if I'm going out I only have one glass of wine and um and yeah like I, I, I stick to my one one glass however when I'm going up like when I have I'm going to Melbourne so I know I'm like I've already planned ahead like Friday night I'm going out for dinner I'm going to have two glasses of wine then and then Saturday we're going out for a long boozy lunch so I'm going to have six glasses of wine through the whole day and so that'll be at lunch and then it could be in the evening as well but I've given myself six as my number because that's like I can't imagine me drinking six glasses. I haven't drunk that for a very long time um so it'll be interesting to see how that goes but we want to make the plan realistic um but normally I'm like, my rule is just if I'm having wine, I just have one glass because if I have more than one, then it's, I don't enjoy the second one anywhere near as much. And usually I'm driving, so I don't feel as good driving after I've had one, more than one. Um, great. Jane's saying I have, I have to plan ahead for a school drinks party night. Brilliant. So like, yeah, just think through, Jane, like what, yeah, what, what do you want it to be? Like what, like, and be really so think about like what, if you want, being intentional what would you probably have and then also like what feels realistic um no yeah and when I started like 
and actually yeah so I actually started this work like five years ago so it took me two years to get to the place where I was good at I changed my self-concept but that that's like I've been at this in this like it had a healthy relationship with alcohol for like I started the work five years ago and when I started that um I usually planned to two or three glasses depending on what it was um so yeah I I think I used to I usually plan three glasses because and I'd usually have two but over time and over like just refining and just also like I think the less you drink the more sensitive your body is to alcohol so you don't need as much to get the same buzz um so i i've just adjusted it down um and but yeah it's like yeah that's that's kind of that's where i'm at now but there's no if you if you feel good with three glasses if you feel good with two glasses it's up to you but it's just just like like finding it and maybe it's but you want to err on the side of more so if you would normally have three four glasses like plan for the four glasses tonight and just and then you you can always because in the moment you can always go oh no I've had three that's enough but um you know it's up to like you can you're going to play around with it and there's going to be times where you plan and you go wherever you plan um as as we all know and what you want to make that mean is like um, you, you don't want to make that mean that oh, I can't be trusted. I'm not, this isn't working. I'm never going to learn. You would just make that mean, okay, whenever my plan, what can I do differently next? There's something here for me to learn. What do I want to do differently next time? Do I need to get, just get better at allowing the urges? Do I need to just get better at coaching myself in the moment? Do I need to have a more realistic plan? Like there's always something that you can do around that. Okay, so that's our first, like, like, so applying prep is this planning thing. And really the planning piece is the biggest part to this and being committed to planning and like, and, and being 100% like this is me deciding ahead of time. That's, that's the biggest piece. Then, but we were talking about applying the prep principle. So R is for review, and it's the same thing as how we do a review. We review in with our food. So it's like the next day or that night, like usually you know the next day or whenever you feel good, just ask yourself, okay, did I stick to my plan? Yes, no. And then, you know, what do I want to what do I want to learn from this, and what can I do differently next time? And just be honest with yourself, and just know that it's like this is how I'm learning, and it's all good. Um, so, after review, then E for enough. And so the difference this is where the real difference comes in because when we're in naturally healthy club, we're talking about eating food and we're listening to our bodies we do not want to listen to our bodies when it comes to alcohol and sugar because our bodies are going to want more (laughs) because these are highly addictive substances so unlike broccoli and salmon and cheese and oh actually for some people cheese can be addictive but um you know we um we don't want to rely on that we want to have it's important to have boundaries because our bodies will always want more Um, so even like you know so for me on Saturday night I hadn't planned any alcohol this weekend because I don't actually don't normally drink on Saturday nights but I hadn't planned any alcohol intentionally because I knew I had my Melbourne weekend coming up so I wanted to like just have some give my liver a break um not that I had to but just I just thought that would be good and then but then in the moment I my Irishman was having 
um, wine with dinner and I was like actually had this big strong urge to have some wine and I could have had some but I like just coach myself in the moment to go actually no I had this plan for a reason and um, so I ended up having kombucha instead with dinner and it's like as soon as I made that decision and opened the kombucha like it was I didn't the urges completely went away um, and then I also like thought I like I had give myself a little treat and so instead of having wine I had like tea with cream in it like I make this um, honey chamomile tea and then I put cream in it with it like often I usually I have it without like just black or it's kind of yellow um and so that felt really decadent and like I was having giving myself a treat so um so that was one one example of enough but yeah like so we want to just having this plan is we use that to decide so that we don't it kind of like enough is decided by our brains rather than us relying on our bodies um so that is E and then T is for tracking. So it's up to you if you want to, like, it can be helpful to track. I know for my brother, he actually tracks the number of drinks that he has. He's got like, and he's been tracking it for like years of like how many, he knows he can tell you in January, he had this many beers, like, and like each week he knows how many beers he's had. Um, so if you wanted to keep track of the number of times you stick to your plan, that's something that you could do. Um, if you find that motivating to like, you know, particularly in the beginning when there's going to be times where you don't stick to your plan and that you want to be like just keeping an eye on that, that can be, be helpful. Um, you know, just to, if you, maybe you have it on a calendar or maybe you just haven't, like I use an app called Tally in my phone to track different habits. So I don't track alcohol anymore. But if I was doing this work now, I would just set up a, an app, a thing in Tally just to like record the number of times I stick to my, the number of times I deviate from my plan. Um, so that's uh, that's an optional thing. Like you, it's up to you whether you want to have a formal tracking pro progress progress or if you just want to just you know just be guided by how you feel how you're feeling about it um but yeah so that's how we apply our principles so you know the reviewing and tracking pretty similar we're not weighing ourselves every day for alcohol and sugar but um yeah like it's up to you to 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 build that into the practice um yeah but with with the enough piece i think like finding good substitutes was one thing that was super, super helpful for me with wine. And it can be really helpful with, for, for sugar as well. Um, so we wanted, what we want to do is we're going to do an exercise now and we want to just think about like what substitutes could you have for if it's alcohol that you're doing work on, like what drinks could you have so that when you've planned, when you get to the like, so when I, on Saturday night, on Saturday when I've had my plans, um, when I've had, a, you know, my six glasses, possibly not less than that, like what am I going to have to drink? So I, I love tea. So I'm gonna, we're going to be out for lunch. So I'll definitely order some tea at some point. I love sparkling water. So, you know, I, I'm also really curious um, to see what the non-alcoholic options are because a lot of really great restaurants are doing some really interesting um, you know, ferments and interest like like kombucha, like fermented drinks, but also um, you know, kind of like sodas and things like that. So I'll definitely be exploring those. 
at home for me, I make my own kombucha. So I ferment it up pretty dryly. It tastes like, and I do the double fermentation. So it's sparkling. Um, so it tastes a little, it's a little bit like having champagne. And if I have it in a champagne glass, like sometimes I forget that it's kombucha, like it feels really good. So that's a, having kombucha definitely made a huge difference to my to my alcohol because when I have those urges like I did on Saturday night I'm having I, I go well no I can have my kombucha and that'll be fine and so like I really encourage you to explore like what substitutes can you have for alcohol for those times where you either want to not drink anything or you want to um, have something that the, at the end of the day like at the end of the night but you're so you're not just going oh it's just me in the water or like me in the whatever that you're not excited about me and nothing like having a subs, having something that you're that's going to and feel rewarding is it's really really fun and really makes a big difference it just there's less willpower involved if you you can go oh you can coach yourself and go oh you know i'll actually i'll, I'll have some tea now like that'll, that 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 will feel good and so same with sugar like what what could you if you've got the if you haven't planned to have something sweet like i for me like i've got a heap of different teas like this chamomile and honey one that tastes quite sweet so if i it's i'm not a huge sugar person so sugar isn't such a big deal for me but if i ever do have that oh i have you know it's the end of the meal and i haven't i feel like something else but i haven't planned to have dessert then me having my tea with and if i want it really decadent i have some cream in it um you know that's an amazing treat for me and i'm really happy with that but maybe it's like so your your backup plan for sugar could be that you have some a piece of dark chocolate or maybe it's you have like maybe it's tea like maybe it's like um you have fruit and cream fruit and cream instead of having having a dessert or you just have fruit and yogurt like having a backup plan and having a substitute is that's 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 not necessarily equally desirable but just so you're having you've got an option to go to is really key um so that's yeah does anyone has anyone thought of any good um good substitutes you want to type in in the in the chat if anyone has any substitutes that they are already using that they can know that they can go to mm. yeah dates are really good or prunes 18 are really good for sugar and high in fiber like so if instead of yeah, like and date actually, oh, you know, you're not a dairy person, but dates with blue cheese uh, or dates with nut butter are really delicious. Like, um, yeah, like taking the seed out of a fresh date and putting putting either blue cheese or um, like pecan butter is amazing, or even just peanut butter, almond butter, really, really good. Um, anyone else got any substitutes that they they like or open to it? Um, um laura's saying i can't think of one for alcohol i'm sorry yeah okay well it could be like ginger beer laura or like um yeah like tea tea or coffee or other hot drinks like herbal teas are really fun to explore and you can make a project of it like so when you are serious about doing this work like actually making a project of finding substitutes like going like to the to a tea store or going online and like looking at what what the options are you know 
going and getting some, trying some different kombuchas, trying like different flavored waters. Like there's a whole heap of different options that you can explore. So you want to make a little project of it. Okay. So two more things we're going to talk about today um, and two little more exercises. So, um, so, so I guess let's just do a recap. So how to change is that we commit to change. We apply the prep principles, which we've just talked about. So planning, really planning is the key one, key one there and reviewing if you want to track. Yes. And then we want to, now we're going to talk about befriending your urges. And the thing with, um, with urges is you're going to have a lot of them. <laughs> so, so urges are just a natural part of having a human um, brain. Okay, Jane's saying Paka Clarity Tea is a good sub for red wine. Okay, I'll have to check that out, Jane, um, now that it's coming into red wine season. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's talk about befriending your urges. So like when you have that urge to like, so what's going to happen is you create, have your plan and then you're going to have, or maybe you don't have a plan um, and you're going to have the urge to have a drink or you're going to have an urge to have the sugar. And, um, or, and the other way that urges can present themselves is, is when you're having the desire to have more than you actually planned. And so we just want to get, like, at practice getting good at handling this. And the thing to remember is that, first of all, is that it's going to get easier with time. And then also like with urges, just because you're having an urge, like you can make it mean different things. And the, the meaning that you assign to the urge can make it more difficult or less difficult to, um, to navigate. So if you're having an urge to have a drink and you think, oh, that means that I really want wine and I can't be trusted and this isn't going to work. If you start thinking those types of thoughts, it's going to be like that kind of makes the urge grow bigger and the, the desire for alcohol grow bigger. And so what do we want to do instead is just get, it's, is think about like what you want to make this urge mean. So you just want to make it mean, oh, yeah, okay, I'm having an urge, or like I'm having an urge to have a cupcake. And so you just like acknowledge that it's there and call it out a little bit, but you're not making it mean anything about you. It's just like, yeah, okay, I'm having this urge. Of course I'm having the urge. Like I'm and actually expecting the urges to come. Like, of course I want to have more wine. Of course. And this happened to me the other, on Sunday night, I had, um, I made some like roast macadamia ice cream, which was the bomb. But of course I wanted to have more of the honey roasted macadamias afterwards, like when I was putting them away. Like, and so I had that urge to have them when I was putting it, bagging them up to put, put the extra away. And I just noticed, oh, yeah, of course I'm having the urge. Like, this is so delicious. All that sugar, like oh, that crunch, like the nuttiness, macadamias, yum. Like, and I didn't make it mean anything. I didn't make it mean that, oh, I have to have them. I didn't make it mean that oh, I shouldn't be, I should throw these out because I'm just going to have this urge all the time. I just went, no, okay, of course I'm having the urge. And I welcomed the urge in. Like, I was just like, okay, hello, little urge. Of course, Jules, you're wanting to have more of this. You know, come and sit down, make yourself at home. Here we are in the kitchen cleaning up. And we're just going to hang out for a while while I put these away. And it's, I'm cool with you being here. Like, you're delicious. Of course, I wanted to like to eat more of this, but I'm going to like just, I'm, I'm going to stick to my plan anyway. I'm going to put this away because 
when I do that, like when I, if I put all this honey roasted macadamia away without me snacking on it, I'm going to feel so good about myself that it's going to be worth putting up with you, having your surge and being a little bit uncomfortable now. And I, so just like, that's that's what we the, the kind of self-talk that you want to do around urges it's like you welcome it in yeah of course they want to have another drink of course i want some more champagne like of course i want to have another rum and coke whatever it is um you know you don't make yourself wrong for having the urge and you don't want to go into this catastrophizing like making it this big thing of like that means i'm never going to solve my you know have a healthy relationship you're going to have urges and i still have urges to have more wine and i still have it and i'm not like a huge sugar person but i still had urges to eat you know more ice cream than i'd planned and that's okay like so it's just like the the key thought i think is like i'm having this urge and that's okay like i can handle this and and the more you like the more you practice this the totally the easier it gets like the more it comes the more you you just have the awareness and the more times that you have an urge and particularly the first time you have an urge and you let it be there without trying to push it away or distract yourself and without trying to without giving into it the easier it's going to be and you're going to feel so proud of yourself that in the future when urges come up you you'll remember that time of oh yeah that's right that time that I did did allow that urge to be there and I didn't give into it like I did that once I can do it again and it's just going to fuel your belief and it's going to get easier um so yeah like that's really urges and how it works and the, the thing with the, that with urges is like when you feel an urge like the first instinct is going to be oh I have this urge I better like distract myself or I better resist it like I want to push it away push it away I don't want to think about that urge because because like that and, and the thing is that like pushing the urge away makes it come back stronger and it makes it bigger and it makes it harder to like navigate so you just want to be um yeah like and the, and the thing is that the more comfortable you get with with the urge being there the more like the easier it is to dissipate whereas if you're pushing against it it wants to push back um so yeah jane said like i can sit with small urges but sometimes they're really strong despite the plan exactly and and that's okay like um and just just know that like the more awareness you have and the more that you the more you welcome the big urges in the easier it is the, the sooner they'll dissipate so it's kind of like feelings work like the more you just allow the feeling to be there and process it like the more you allow the urges to come and be and not be afraid of them like welcome them in be be okay with the urge being there the easier it gets and this is really the work so of everything i've said today i want you to take all like the thing you need to take away is plan and then be okay with like practice navigating the urges and that is like that's the end like that's it that's that's the process done for having a healthy relationship with sugar and having a healthy relationship with alcohol it's like when you get good at planning and when you get good at uh, like having urges and, and allowing them to be there that's when you will have the healthy relationship with sugar or alcohol that you really want to do and so our next exercise is just to list the reasons like why you want to stick to your plan so why do you want to have 
a healthy relationship with alcohol? Like why do you want to have a healthy relationship with sugar? Because you, you could just go to the place where you don't have it at all. Like if you, like that is an option where you just decide like no and you become like a teetotaler or you could decide that, you know, I'm going to quit sugar and I'm never going to have it again. So like you want to choose this other path where you're having it in your life because it does bring some value to your life. Like sweet things are delicious and you're getting a nice little champagne buzz is like so fun. (laughs) So the, like the reasons that we want to stick to our plan, like start thinking now about what, why do you really want to get on top of this? And, um, and that's going to be like a personal thing to think about. Like do you write some ideas down now or, and just come back to this, like get really clear on the why you want to do this. Like for me, it was totally being a, like, I was just exhausted and tired of having that shame in my life. And I was just, you know, just desperate for change. But I also, like, one of the biggest things for me was that I wanted to be a, like, a figure it out for myself so I could be a good role model for my children. Because, like, they were growing, they're growing up with an Irish father who loves wine and, like, you know, a history of like, you know, grandfather who was an alcoholic. So like they, I was like, I want to give these, show these guys that it's possible to be someone that drinks and enjoys alcohol in balance. And so that was like a huge motivator for me. So every time I stumbled and I felt really disappointed with myself and I kept making mistakes and I kept not sticking to my plan and I kept just giving into those urges, the, like the, the more I just came back to this idea of like, I have, to, I want to figure this out. Like I really want to figure this out so I can help these boys because I could just stop drinking, but that doesn't like, that's, they're going to look at that and think boring. Like that's, they're not going to see that as an option that maybe they will, but you know, who knows? <laughs> I guess that's possible. Um, but they're probably, you know, whereas if they have a mother who has a healthy relationship with alcohol, that that's going to be a way more, um, I think, powerful role model for them. So I just kept coming that. That was my huge reason why. Um, so, yeah, just think, spend some time thinking about your, your reason why. And also it's also helpful to have like the, the big lofty reasons why are, are great, but it's also helpful to have some more immediate um, in the moment reasons why. And for me, the one of the ones that made a huge difference was like I started have, having problems with my sleep and to the back point of like actually getting insomnia um, for like six months where I was like, there were nights where I just didn't sleep at all. But I, I really noticed that alcohol in, in, impacted my sleep so even having two glasses of wine I would wake up at three o'clock and not be able to get back to sleep so that's another thing that inspired me to like cut it down to one and actually I now prefer to go out for lunch and drink at lunchtime because then it's all processed and gone and it doesn't impact my sleep um, but that was a huge one and so thinking about like how you feel in the moment and like and how it makes you feel afterwards when you overindulge is like having that immediate reason why like the little reasons why as well as well as the big reasons why you need to have all of them like the more reasons why you have the more reasons you have to do this work that you know the more likely you are to be able to be okay like to do to be successful
So, um, yeah, so you can keep that to yourself if you want. And then finally, like our last piece of this puzzle is just evolving your self-concept. And so really all that is is just answering these questions, like what do you want to think about yourself and your relationship with alcohol or sugar moving forward? So who do you want to become? Just think about like who, like, and like, like setting a goal around it. Is it like, you know, just it's a naturally healthy person who has a healthy, like, is it, I'm becoming someone who has a healthy relationship with alcohol. I'm becoming someone who can take it or leave it around alcohol or take it or have someone who has a healthy relationship with sugar, whatever feels inspiring to you, but actually have that, that thought, like come up with a thought that, you know, I could be like, you know, I'm someone who, who, I think having a healthy relationship with sugar or alcohol is probably the easiest one, but what, like whatever feels inspiring to you, like, and just add that to your belief plan where you're writing it every day. Like I have a healthy relationship with alcohol every day, writing it down, like practicing that thought, even when you feel like it's not working, even when like just coming back to this, this self-concept of I am someone who has a healthy relationship with alcohol i'm someone who isn't a boozer anymore no, it's better to have a positive one rather than a negative one but but you you will know what feels inspiring to you and having that in your belief plan and then just practicing it like including it practicing it and and just evolving it if you need to but just knowing that the you putting that out there to the universe and you saying that every day that I have a healthy relationship with alcohol or I'm becoming someone who has a healthy relationship with alcohol, that is going to set the subconscious thoughts in, in motion and you will become that person. So, gosh, that's it for today. <laughs> Lots of talking, the double feature. Jules talking for two hours straight. So how does everyone feeling? Does that feel good? Oh, thanks, Lisa. Yay. Um, does that feel good? Is everyone feeling like they're clear on where we go to from here? So where we go to from here is we want to put into practice the planning. For those of you that I haven't committed and decided 100% that you're in for whatever it is, then, okay, um, then you need to do some work around thinking about that and your reason why. But the actions from this is adding that, that thought to yourself to your, to your belief plan so that you're evolving your self-concept and building this habit of, of, um, of planning ahead and then just practicing. And those urges are going to come up and you're going to get plenty of practice. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we'll do another call on this in, um, in four weeks, in next month um, so that we are having, having that focus. So that will be more, I'll do it just for that call. I'll just do a recap of this process but I'll, I want that those these calls to be more around coaching. So just between now and then, like think about just practice and see how you're going and we can coach on anything. And actually in the meantime, if you want to coach on anything, like if you're struggling and or you feel like it's not working, I'll never get there. Like just you can either message me and one-on-one um, -on -one in, in circle or you can post in a, under coaching in the in the group if you're, if you're comfortable posting in the group about this work and I can I can coach you there as well or you can join in any of the other coaching only calls I'm happy to coach on alcohol and sugar in those calls too 
So my stomach is really rumbling now. <laughs> so time for lunch for me. Okay, so everyone, that was so great. Good to see everyone. And thank you for all for being on here. And I will catch you soon. Okay. And for all, bye.